Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Halloween. Happy Halloween. I'd be lying if I said... I live in this condo complex, so I have a I have like an indoor, you know, probably like eight or nine rooms on my floor, and people put you know candy out there for the kids, and you know during the Niner Cardinal game, I may or may not have made about eight different runs to my neighbors and just jacked a bunch of Reese's. I've I'm pretty sugared and chocolated up right now, fired up. Uh, we'll dive into the Niners game, uh, of course, and then I I had I had Carson Palmer. Uh, I talked to him on Wednesday for about an hour. He's, you know, probably be as cool of a guest as I'll ever get just in terms of, he gave me an hour of his time just talking a little bit of everything from his career to playing the position to, you know, what a work week entails, what time he gets up to playing some of those Steeler, Ravens, Niners, and Seattle defenses to just, you know, what he thinks about different players. He was awesome. I mean, it was it was cool of an interview as I've ever done. Uh, it, it was it was really, really cool. So I'm going to dive into the game, then I'll go to that. And then I uh, went through all the weekend's games. I went through all the weekend's games uh, at the end. No Middlecoff mailbag, at John Middlecoff, is usually slide up into those DMs. Uh, but just the po- podcast is so long, it's already, you know, going to be about an hour and a half. So, you know, I know younger millennials, you know, it's hard to keep everyone's attention, but the, the Palmer interview is about an hour just in itself. It's, a, it's awesome. He's, he's the man. Uh, but, so, the Niners. And I've been thinking a lot about it this week, is 
when Coward compared the Kyle to Belichick, like he was the next Belichick earlier this year, I thought it was kind of nuts. And if you've listened to me, you know, like I, I, I've supported Kyle even when they were losing just because it was clear he was a genius coach. But now looking back, like think about the Falcons. We all have like know that buddy that gets married to the girl that like kind of keeps his life just just locked and loaded. Like the moment she leaves on vacation, the house in shambles. If the kids are there, he can't watch his kid. Like he's just he's a wreck. Like he needs that person. Think about Dan Quinn's career when Kyle Shanahan was with them. They took on the world. I mean they 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 were kicking the Patriots' ass in the Super Bowl. Like if Kyle Shanahan stays with them for three or four years. Dan Quinn isn't about to get fired. Kyle leaves them. They have crumbled. I mean, they're just in shambles. And Kyle is just kicking ass and taking names. His team's 8-0. Two years ago, on the date of recording this, they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. And they were 0-8. Two years later, they're 8-0. Like, we knew Kyle was coming years ago with Dan Quinn. Like, he was taking the league by storm with his play calling. I was thinking about it the other day, talking with a buddy in the league. When I first got in the NFL in like 2010 and 11, before Mike Shanahan got the Redskins job, maybe Mike Shanahan just got the Redskins job, the Houston Texans, and that thing was rolling, they were unreal. They were so good on offense. They were the number one rushing offense, and obviously Kyle and Kubiak you know, were just kicking everyone's ass. Now they couldn't beat the Patriots, but those offenses were awesome. Like Kyle Shanahan... It's just an incredible offensive coach. I don't know any way else to say it. If if I needed one guy to call me a play, he might, you know, he'd be in the mix. Coach Reed, Sean Payton, Josh McDaniels, like he's on that level. It's as good as it gets. And I was difficult on Kyle because I thought he was being a little difficult on Jimmy early in training camp when, when it was just like, God, Jimmy's throwing five picks in practice. He's throwing back-to-back pick sixes. And just hearing stories that like Kyle's really hard on him which I, I'm good at. I like coaches to be on guys, right? We all do. That's that's healthy. But I did think Jimmy was a little fragile coming off an ACL injury and Kyle was just smothering him. But his style works. Even Matt Ryan that first year said, you know, Kyle was driving him nuts. The offense was hard. The next year, Matt Ryan had the greatest year he'll ever have in his life and won the freaking MVP. Like Jimmy Garoppolo tonight looks like a top five or six quarterback in the NFL. And who would have thought this five or six weeks ago? Now, obviously, Jimmy's unique. He has a base and fundamentals learned from Josh and Belichick and Brady. And then he gets to go to Kyle. He should thank the football gods every day that in Jimmy Garoppolo's football life in the National Football League, he has gone from the New England Patriots to Kyle Shanahan. Like, that is not normal. I talked to Kyle Shanahan, or when I talked to Carson Palmer, he went from the Bengals to the Raiders before he went to Bruce Arians. So not everyone gets a smooth landing. But the Niners are coming. And they ain't going away for a while. Because they clearly got a really special head coach. And the scary thing, as you saw tonight, is if Jimmy's going to be that good, and he was, I think, 38 or 28 or 37, but really he had multiple drops. That number easily could have been 30 or 31 of 37. Four touchdowns. He looked like a dude. And I, I listen. I they're my team in the backyard. I talk about them, cover them. Uh, I think about them a lot. I, I know this team better than any team in the NFL. And my reservation has just been like, is Jimmy going to be good enough in the playoffs when you play Drew Brees, when you play Aaron Rodgers, when you play Russell Wilson? 
And we just don't know. I mean, the guy's only made 19 career starts. So it'd be unfair to even think like we had, we don't have a definitive answer and we won't know until he does it. But I had forgotten like he's got some of that in the bag. And when you're playing, like they're playing with two backup tackles. So they're getting pressure with Chandler Jones, one of the best pass rushers in the league. And Jimmy's sitting in that pocket. He's, you know, slowly moving to the left, moving to the right, sliding up and just delivering darts. Because when Jimmy is on and he's in the rhythm, he's a really, really accurate quarterback. And I talked about this last week, about the trade deadline when they gave a third and a fourth for Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, they overpaid. They needed to overpay, though, because they desperately needed this position. And, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders looks like Jerry Rice on this team just because they were so desperate for a wide receiver. But then Debo and Kittle and their running backs, like they're just really good. This team, the 49ers, you know, I, I think I can I think I can confidently say it now is a Super Bowl level contender. Like they are going to be tough to beat because they're eight and zero. So as long as they go four and four down the stretch, they're going to be twelve and four. And pro- I mean, they'll be a lock to win the division. Now, if somehow they can go six and two in the second half, depending on who they lose to, they may get the number one seed. Now, Levi's isn't some huge home field advantage. But to me, the bigger issue for them would be going on the road to Lambeau or going on the road to New Orleans. That would be very difficult to win. Though, if you can run the ball and you can play defense, you have a chance because those things travel. So they have that going for them. Now, I'm giving them somewhat of a pass. Thursday night, short week. Kyler, Kyler's actually not terrible. I'm actually kind of bullish on Kyler. You, you watch him, you're like, this guy is not only not going to be a bust, I think he's going to be pretty good. He's going to be, hell, he might be a problem. Even though I, I hate the spread offense, but it works for him. They were missing David Johnson. They're missing the Edmonds kid. They, they gave the Niners a pretty good game. These Thursday night games are weird. But the Niners, man, at one point in time in the second half, they were up double digits. Uh, they had the ball. They just couldn't kind of put it away. And then they hit a big play at the end to make the game a little closer. But the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, they're, can I say, a force to be reckoned with? Like, they're the real deal. You know, this is just... I don't. I'm not saying this is their year, but by, by no means are they just going away or some flash in a pan. And clearly, for the big picture, Jimmy doesn't make that much money. They have a ton of young talent on their team. Like this is a team that's going to be around for a couple of years. They have a star head coach, a stud defensive coordinator. Which you know, maybe they lose after the season. Maybe they don't. Uh, I still be a little shocked if defensive coordinators are getting jobs. Coaches still want or owners still want offensive coaches. But as long as you got Kyle Shanahan, who's the breadwinner in this family right now, and the way he's got Jimmy playing, and Jimmy deserves a lot of credit too. Jimmy worked at it and created this coming off the ACL. But man, they are, they're a fun team to watch. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users 
don't visit other leading job sites. LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, I'd like to welcome uh, my guest here, and he just happened to play in the NFL for a long time, was the number one overall pick, who is now living the retired life. Carson Palmer, what is going on? John, how are you? I'm doing good. How's life? Good. Life is good. Life is good. You, you know, I'm, I'm retired from football. Um, 
And, you know, I get that question a lot. Well, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? You know, all the time, obviously. And I always have something going on. It's, it's actually not as relaxing and leisurely as it sounded, even to myself as, as you know, I was back in 2016, I believe was my last year. And I was thinking about just retirement and what to do next and, and really looking forward to like, everything just kind of settling down and, and not doing a whole lot. And then all of a sudden I retire and I've had opportunities to do a bunch of really cool stuff. And, and I'm, I'm as busy now um, as I was before, but the key is I'm not traveling as much, which as everybody knows, traveling really stinks after a while. So I'm happy not to not have to travel as much, but um, still finding different things to, to keep me extremely busy and challenged. When's the first time retirement crossed your mind? Like, ser- like seriously, crossed your mind? Obviously, you know the Cincinnati stuff happened a long, long time ago. But as you got older in the Arizona situation, yeah, I think um, twenty fifteen. Um, I think I was thirty five at the time, and my body really started telling me, you know, it's not as easy to do this anymore, and it's a lot more painful, and and I could just I, I noticed certain things were starting to slow down. Um, so I started looking at it in 2015 and my wife and I really were talking about it. And, and you know, it's just so hard to come to grips and, and decide when, when you're fortunate enough to not be forced into retirement and, and cut basically. Um, and you, you know, you see it all the time with, with Brady and Drew Brees and, and, you know, you looked at Peyton. At Peyton, you could tell that was his last year, right? You yeah. Know, that, that last year they won the Super Bowl. You knew you knew his body was telling him, hey, this is it. This is all you got. But you look at these guys like, like uh, you know, Roethlisberger coming off this injury and Brady and Breeze, and it's so hard for these guys. It's There's so much unknown because you're so just used to going to work and used to training in the off season and, and, you know, all the things that come with getting your body ready for a football season and the film study and the preparation and all that. And it's just, it's who you are. It's all you've known and you can still play and you can still play better than, you know, a, a handful of guys or a majority of the league, depending on who you're talking about. So it's just such a difficult thing uh, for these older guys in, in their late thirties and early forties to, to finally decide, you know, this is it. If, if you get cut or you get traded and you go to a place where you know you don't have a chance to win, um, then that makes it easy. But when you still have a, a contract in front of you and years left on your contract and a team that wants you and a fan base that wants you, it's really, really difficult to come to grips with that. And it's almost easier. I almost look at Roethlisberger's situation, and it's almost easy for him. It, it's going to be tough to come back that, from that elbow injury. Big time. I mean, it, it's it's a long road. He's, he's not had an, a significant injury where he really had to rehab and really had to work harder than he's ever worked before in his life. Cause that's what happens when you get old, you know, at, at the end of your career and you have a, a season ending surgery or a knee injury or an elbow injury, you end up having to work so much harder than you ever have before. And I, I really, I really see it, you know, it being a difficult thing for Roethlisberger to continue to play. It's almost a blessing in disguise. Like, look, your elbow gave out. That's all it had. That's all your arm had left. It's time to move on. That that situation for Roethlisberger is almost easier than than Drew's situation or, or Tom Brady's situation, where, you know, hopefully they they end the season healthy and and after a bunch of wins and a successful year, 
And, and then they got to decide, do I really want to do this one more time? Is, is, is our team good enough to do this? You know, there's so many things that factor into that, into that decision. It's almost easier to have your body make the, de- the decision for you like Peyton Manning's body did and it looks like Roethlisberger's body has. It's kind of crazy that you're a little older than the Roethlisberger, Eli, Rivers group, but they, like you said, they're coming down the home stretch. Was Drew Brees your draft class? Or was he the year before? No, he was either one year before, I think two years before me. So, like, I mean, all these guys are, I mean, these are your peers. I mean, this was the group that you played yeah. with and around. You, you talked to any of them about this? I mean, they're even like you said, Drew Brees, I, I watched that game against Arizona. He looked pretty good coming off the injury. But at the end of the day, he is 40 years old. And I think sometimes kind of like what Adrian Peterson did to ACL injuries, and, and you've gone through this, we just, oh, ACL injury, no big deal. I think we think the same thing kind of with age now because of what Brady's doing. But it is still pretty nuts, right? I mean, some of these guys playing, you get to 37, 38, let alone 40. How long can these guys keep going? Yeah, I mean, it's, that, that's, that's the million-dollar question. I mean, I, I don't know if they know. You know, I, I think they keep going, man, I still feel pretty good. I might as well go one more, you know. And then they, they get to one more and they go, oh, I still feel pretty good. Like I said, it's almost an injury that you need to tell you it's it. That it was an amazing run. That's it. Go home, figure out what's next, and move on to the next phase of your career. So, you know, it's just it's just so difficult uh, to make that decision. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm absolutely in awe of what what Drew Brees has done throughout his career, what Tom Brady's done throughout his career. Brady's, I mean, Brady's played for possibly the best offensive line coach that this league has seen. Yeah, and you know, he's played so many games but hasn't taken all the hits that, that some guys have. You look at the hits Roethlisberger's taken, and granted, part of that's because of his play, just always moving and, and extending plays. Um, but you watch Brady, Brady play now, and, you know, there's games where he doesn't get knocked on the ground, you know, let alone get sacked. There, there's games where he doesn't, he doesn't get hammered and, and just drilled into the ground. So it's almost like that's, you know, those add – days and games and months and years onto your career when you can go a handful of weeks regardless of getting sacked without getting just just Uh, not getting hit i mean those games um are so big where you get in the the locker room after the game and you take off your shoulder pads and you're like oh my jersey's clean and then you take off your football pants you're like oh my butt's still you know in in his case gray there's no grass stains (laughs) on my butt um, you know, that those, those games are worth their weight in gold because those just extend your career. And what's so amazing about Brady's career is how many games he's played extra. I mean, he's played a couple extra seasons in just the playoffs alone where, where those games he's getting hit. You know, there, there's no playoff games where he walked out of and goes, oh, my jersey's clean and, you know, I, I feel great. So, I mean, maybe those outweigh all the, the regular season games he's played that he hasn't gotten hit, but there's no doubt. I mean, the, the, the quickness that, that Drew Brees gets rid of the ball with, the fact that, that New England, no matter who plays up front, they consistently do a really, really good job picking up different stunts and, and, and different blitzes and pressures. And, and those, those games that both of those guys have played where they're not getting hammered and drilled into the ground, you know, six, seven, eight, ten times a game, that, that's extended their careers also. You miss football at all? You know, I miss. I don't miss playing. Um, I, I don't miss. I miss practice. I, I don't miss. 
Wednesday practices or Thursday practices, but I miss being out there on the field and, and, and goofing around and having fun and, and competing against, you know, the defensive backs and seven on seven drills and, and competing against the other quarterbacks and competition drills throughout practice. So I miss some of those things. Obviously you miss every guy misses game day. Um, you miss the games. I just don't miss all the in-between stuff. Um, you know, just the, the constant, you know, all the different stuff that comes with the media and, and the silly questions and, and the consistent press conferences where, you know, you, you just want to get on with your day and move on to the next thing. Um, I don't miss the hits and, and the soreness and the injuries and the rehabs and, all, you know, all the things that, you know, Andrew Luck complained about um, going into retirement. I don't miss any of that stuff. But, but I do miss the weight of an organization and the pressure um, and the expectations. And I miss, you know, you, you know, as a quarterback, you walk into the facility every single day, you got to be the same guy, whether you have the flu, whether you just had a baby the night before your wife just had a baby the night before in the hospital, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad. I just missed that, that pressure of walking in every day and having to be the guy and the guy that guys are looking to for leadership, for whatever it is, just that, that pressure of being the face of the franchise. Um, I, I do miss that, but along with that pressure comes the soreness from, from playing on game days and, and the aches and pains, and I, I definitely don't miss that part. Well, you mentioned Andrew Luck. I, I would imagine when you saw that all go down as someone that's battled through two major injuries, uh, like you said, I mean, you're just talking about the pain. Is that something that kind of resonated with you? When he just, you know, because it was kind totally. of polarizing, obviously, when, you know, he got booed off the field and the, and the way it all played out, but just his decision. And, I mean, how, how did that sit with you? You know, I, I couldn't stand it. it. It really frustrated me hearing the people say the things they said about him. Um, it really, really, it, it really pissed me off. Because um, I, I know, can't imagine. You know him? I, do you know him personally? I do know him. He's an amazing, he's an amazing man, an amazing teammate, everything you want in your franchise quarterback. And the way, you know, what he brought was stability, you know, at a time of complete turmoil where, you know, Peyton Manning, but you know, maybe the greatest ever walks out the door and then comes a, a, a guy that just completely stabilized your organization for the next handful of years and put everything he had on the field. And unfortunately, that that was the organization's fault. I mean, you you don't you don't draft that guy and let him take. He got he got sacked fifty times, I think, in year two and forty eight. He got sacked a couple hundred times in his first couple of years. You yeah, just can't crazy. you can't do that. You can't you you have to. The organization and the, and the GM at the time did such a horrific job that they literally ruined his career. I mean, he he wants to play. He loves the game. But you can't have your franchise quarterback get hit like that. It's just it's unacceptable. And and I couldn't stand listening to all the people badmouth Andrew Luck and say the things they said when they have no idea what he'd been through. Regardless, I mean, I, and everybody points to the money. Well, you're making twenty million dollars a year, no doubt. And and I get that argument, but that guy wasn't playing for the money that guy was playing for his teammates. He was playing for the organization, his coaches, the fans. I mean, he, uh, he's, he embodied being an NFL quarterback and a franchise quarterback and to see him get booed off the field 
and to hear the things that some people were popping off and saying about him really, really pissed me off. And, um, people don't know what it's, I mean, you're, you're constantly in pain and you're 25 years old and you're constantly rehabbing, trying to get healthy, doing everything you can to get healthy. And then you come back and you play, uh, you know, before you're even healthy and you make injuries worse and you intensify pain. And, um, again, I mean, that falls solely on the organization. The organization did a dreadful job protecting him and an awful job protecting their future. And, and they're, you know, they got, they, they kind of lucked into Jacoby Brissett and, and, and Chris Ballard, their new GM. Thank God that, that those kind of stars aligned because they should be in turmoil again. After you lose a player like Andrew Luck to retirement, they should be two and five right now. Um, one and six, you know, whatever that is. And everything worked out because now they they're, they're, you know, being steered in the right direction by Ballard and, and what they have going organizationally. But um, it was just awful to watch him take the pounding. He took those first handful of years. And that's why he's not, uh, not, you know, not wearing number 12 right now. You know, one thing I find fascinating when I was in Philly, Michael Vick was our quarterback and he was a smaller guy and he took a lot of hits. So it was, it was easy to see why he was always injured. But when I see, before I met you in person, I'd, I'd seen you live and been on the field when you come out for warm-ups and knew how big you were. I've seen luck. I mean, you guys are massive. But, it, it you know, Philip Rivers is like this. Eli's like this. But it doesn't necessarily matter, does it, the size, if you're just getting pelted every game. You, you could be Shaquille O'Neal size, is it fair to say? If you're getting hit constantly in NFL games throughout a season, Roethlisberger is another good example the, the, the pain, I guess, still feels the same. I, I've never been in an NFL game playing quarterback, so you, you tell me. It doesn't seem like your size necessarily protects you as much as maybe someone like me might think. Yeah, I mean, everybody breaks at some point, um, unfortunately. And that's what's so tough about watching Deshaun Watson and, and Lamar Jackson right now is, is the pounding that they're taking. And it's granted, it's not so much in the pocket. Uh, it's It's outside the pocket, but you know, back, back to Mike Vick, I, I love Vick. And one of the biggest Mike Vick fans absolutely loved watching him play. But every time he ripped off a 40-yard run, I just wanted him to step out of bounds and not hit the ground. But he always went for that extra couple yards and got shoved running 4-2 and went head over heels and did three somersaults into a cameraman. I, you know, you just see that enough times. And Vick is as solid and strong and tough a dude as there is. Uh, but those take a toll and they may not on Deshaun Watson and, and Lamar Jackson when they're 23, but when they're 26 and 27, that's when you start to really see, you know, he's going to miss a week or two with an AC sprain in his shoulder and he's got a deep thigh bruise and, and uh, in his right quad and he's going to miss a week here. Like that, that's where you start to see those injuries creep up because guys that are 23 are invincible and they're not really thinking about their next contract yet. They are, but they're really not. But when you're 25 and you're, you're a year away from free agency and you're not bouncing back the same way you were two years ago and you've got another 40 or 45 sacks since you were 23, that's when you start to see guys, they're going to miss a week here. Maybe it's going to be two weeks with a hamstring or it's this with an elbow. Um, I, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter how big and how strong you are. You can put, you know, Mr. Olympia back there, you know, a, a weightlifting guy or whatever you want back there. But if you continuously take hits, 
they're going to add up. Maybe not at 22, 23, but at 25 to 27, those those things, those small injuries and, and that pain over time really starts to add up on guys. There's a reason Peyton Manning used to just hit the ground when anyone got close. You know, it helps me play 20-plus years, right? The best thing I learned from Peyton was I, I, I studied Peyton every week um, of my career. And when there was a false start and he was in shotgun, he had the ball in his hands, he threw it, and, and they blew the whistle, he threw it directly into the ground. He didn't want to hold it and take a chance that somebody didn't hear a whistle in a loud stadium and a defensive end came off the corner and lit him up. He was not taking any extra hits. Um, and that's something I, I, I watched and learned right away. And you can't, you just can't take those hits. You can't, there's the quarterback means so much to the organization. The organization only really goes as far as the quarterback goes and you've got to protect them. You know, that's why I love, um, you know, I love what, what San Francisco is doing and a handful of teams are doing. I, I would do the exact same thing. I would build from the offensive and defensive line. If you can put pressure on the quarterback and you, you can hit the, the quarterback enough times, it doesn't matter how good or bad your, your corners are. If, they, if a quarterback can drop back and hold on the ball for five, six, seven seconds, it doesn't matter if you have Jalen Ramsey and, and Dion and Troy Palomalu and Ed Reed in your secondary. Nobody can cover for five or six seconds. So I really like the way some teams are, are – a handful of teams are, are being built, which it's from the defensive line because you've got to put pressure on the quarterback and the offensive line. You've got to build that offensive line up and protect your quarterback and negate you know, these Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald and some of these guys that just eat bad offensive linemen up. I mean, you put Aaron Donald in, in there against an average offensive line, he goes off. But you put him up against somebody that's pretty good, he's going to get to the quarterback if he holds it for five seconds. But if the ball's out in three, he's going to have a tough time getting there against some of these better offensive lines. And, and you look at kind of like we were just talking about in, in, uh, in Indy. I mean, I think Indy learned their lesson. They watched Andrew Luck walk out the door. Now you watch that offensive line play. That offensive line is really good. They, they, they've paid some guys. They've drafted some guys high. They're building that offensive line up, which is exactly what I would do if I was running a team. You know, one thing I wanted to do with you, and and I, I remember years ago, and I told you this last week, that I, I read that thing you did with Peter King about how he kind of went through your week. And I know so many people listening always hit me up and, I got to see it firsthand from a coaching standpoint, the hours Coach Reed and now some of his guys like Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy put in during the week. And you know, you've seen these coaches. I mean, they're crazy. But like you said, the quarterback is kind of like also a coach. It's insane. So it, it, could we kind of do a cliff note version of like Monday, you know, you finish a game Sunday afternoon, you go home, Monday to like Saturday morning, uh, let's say a home game. Carson Palmer, starting quarterback, getting ready for the Harbaugh 49ers. Monday, what's the week? How does it go? Well, Sunday night, you know, I'd always try to get get put back together Sunday night after the game and and get whether it was acupuncture on a spasm I'm having in my back or chiropractor or just a massage to flush out the lactic acid and, and the bumps and bruises from the game. And then I would watch that game from that day I, I always thought that was super important to watch yourself because I wanted to know what guys were watching I wanted to know what my next opponent was watching of me how were how were my eyes I, I listened to the tv cut up just to hear my cadences and any audibles I used and then I would watch 
the coaches cut up to watch the kind of 40,000 foot view of the field to see what I was doing versus certain pressures. Cause you, you get home from a, a Sunday game and it's, you know, it's midnight and you can't sleep anyways because you're still hyped from the game. So I, that's when I would get a lot of film study from that previous week because I wanted to know what guys were watching in me, what tendencies I was giving them, what audibles that I could maybe bait a defensive front into um, and, and change up an audible. Um, but also really just kind of study what guys were studying of me um, because at the end of the game, you know, you play 65, 75 snaps. You don't remember every one of them. You know, you remember a majority of them, but there's always something that, that you forget. So I think it's really, really important to study yourself. Um, but then Monday, I would knock out uh, Monday morning before I would go in and lift and, and have meetings and all that. I would knock out the next opponent's previous four games. Um, go in, we'd have meetings, and we'd kind of get briefed on the, the upcoming opponent for the next Sunday. Um, and then Tuesday, I would, I would start with third down cut-ups from, um, from every game that team had played that year or any outliers from the previous year if it's the same coordinator. Mm-hmm. So if I was watching third down cut-ups and I saw a bunch of cover one, some cover two, and very little pressure, I would go back previous years that weren't in the last four weeks cut-ups I would go back from the year before if it was the same coordinator and see if there was any cover zero all-out blitzes or any just outliers that hadn't shown up this year um and then watch watch basically all uh first and second down passing cut-ups so any pass plays um just to get a familiarity familiarity with the defense we're seeing before Wednesday's practice then you go into Wednesday you have your normal work day. You try to watch as much film during the day as you can so that you don't have too much to do when you get home at night. And then when I get home at night, I would draw up all the blitzes and where they came from. So, for instance, we're playing the, the Seattle Seahawks, and on third and six, they, if you see a tendency in a certain field zone, so let's say it's on the minus 20, uh, the last six weeks they've brought – Sam Mike Blitz, so a two linebacker pressure on third and six between the minus fifteen and the minus twenty-five. There's a tendency there, right? Like they're trying to they're trying to make you punt, get a sack, and make you punt so they have a short field to work with on third down when you're in that field zone. If that makes sense. So yeah. I, there's a tendency there that from a quarterback standpoint, I'm going okay when I get in this game. And we received the kickoff. That first third down, if it's third and five or six, be ready. They're going to try to get a, a, a sack pressure here and pin us down so we're punting out of our own end zone and they have a short field to work with. So I would be ready. Whatever calls we had on third and six, if I knew I was in minus territory, like the minus 20-yard line, I knew I needed to be ready for a Sam Mike pressure. So my alerts would go up. Here comes Sam Mike. Possibly be ready to redirect this production to pick it up and gash them on the backside with a backside post or whatever that, that route would be. So I'd really try to kind of figure out Wednesday where this coordinator likes to bring certain pressures and what he's thinking. You know, if, if you're on the plus 40, you just crossed the 50-yard line and you run it on first and second down for no yardage and it's third and 10, and in that blitz cutup, I keep seeing plus 40 cover zero blitzes. I know that defensive coordinator doesn't want to let you – on third and 10, get eight yards and kick a field goal. They're going to try to keep you out of field goal territory, if that makes sense. So 
really focused on on my Wednesdays. Where does this coordinator like to bring pressure, and what is he probably thinking in the back of his head? If, when you if, see something, if like I got that, a feel for that. If you see something like that, and you're just studying it by yourself, would you immediately text BA, or would you jot a note so you could bring it up when you guys the next meeting, or was there just? I mean, if you guys were separated at the time when you notice when you pick up something, or vice versa, he sees something. The line of communication there. No, I just he knows that if that if I get in that situation and I check to a screen because I think Cover Zero is coming, that I make sure I would hit it during the week in practice, or I would ask for it in practice. Like, gotcha. hey, make sure in red zone drills we get a Cover Zero blitz. I want to check to exit screen. Because it's out the gate if we get the ball off. Um, and he had enough trust in me and I had enough trust in him that he knew I would never. He, he trusted that if I was getting to something out of the ordinary, there's a reason for it. And you got you to gotta earn that trust. You know, yeah. I had to, that wasn't something I did in year one of BA's offense, but in year five, there was a trust between the two of us. If I was doing something like that, there was a reason for it. And I had built that trust with him. But. No, no, I'm not. I, I'm not watching stuff. Quarterbacks really typically aren't watching stuff during the early part of the week and texting the coach about certain stuff. Most quarterbacks and head coaches get together on Saturday night um, before the big team meeting in in the hotel. And if I had something like that, or I, and and it had held true throughout the week as I continued to study on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that would be something that that a quarterback will bring up on a Saturday night um, before the game, like, hey. This guy has a tendency to bring cover zero right here. Are you cool if I check to, to this this play or this play or this play? It's either yay or nay at that point. If it's a nay, I'll probably do it anyways. And if it's a touchdown, we'll hug it out on the sideline. And if it's a yay, I know uh, uh, I'm good to go. Because um, there's so much that – the older you get and the more experience you have as a quarterback, there's so much feel that comes into a game. And there's so many things that you don't really plan on doing – uh, on Wednesday in practice, then you get in the game and you just have a feel for it and, and, and it just kind of comes to you. It just naturally comes out. Um, so there's things like that that just kind of don't, don't you know, get covered or talked about between coach and coordinator or, or player and coordinator and coach um, that just kind of seem to work out on, on game days. And sometimes they don't, um, but, but that's the game. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, 
and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool or after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. What time do you get into the facility on like Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday during a work week? So, yeah, so Wednesday, uh, I would get in at like, I probably got in at six, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, and just as the week, sorry, I, I kind of got off topic there. As, as the week progressed, um, you know, Wednesdays was first and second down and third down Thursdays was red zone. And then Fridays, I kind of went through everything and anything I wasn't feeling really good about, like, man, these guys are showing quarters coverage and they're bluffing you and they're rolling to single high zone or they're rolling to single high man. That if I didn't feel comfortable that I would just watch that over and over again until I felt like, okay, 
I can see Earl Thomas right here. He really wants to get to the middle of the field. He's trying to hold it to the last second. I would just really try to clean up Thursday and Friday. Um, my feel for disguises and coverages or bluffs and blitzes where they're, they're up in the line of scrimmage and it looks like they're coming. They're bluffing you. They're getting out to, to drop eight in coverage. And then Saturday, my favorite things to do Saturday would really, um, I, I tried to feel as prepared as, as, you know, I could, like I was ready to play on Saturday. If I wasn't, you know, I did not, I, I was not comfortable. I did not like that feeling. So I tried to get everything done by Saturday. Like it was, it was game day, even though I had another day. Um, so I really tried to knock everything out on Saturday as, and I, as I would lay in bed and go to sleep in whatever hotel we were staying in, I would have my iPod or my iPad and I would just watch all the explosive pass games. So we're getting ready to play Seattle the next morning. And this is Legion of Boom Day. This is the yeah. height of Legion. This is Browner and Sherman and, you know, go on and on down. Cam, Cam Chancellor, Earl, Michael Bennett, Cliff Avery. You know, this is that team um, where you can go. It's easy to go into those games. And I tell young quarterbacks this all the time. It's easy to go in playing Legion of Boom in 2013 and, the number one in pass defense, number one in rush defense, number one in sacks, number one in red zone, number one in third down. It's, it's easy to go into that game laying in bed at night going, man, how, you know, how are we going to piss a drop in this game? You know, you, you can easily get overcome with, man, these guys are really good. I got to be really, really smart. I got to be really careful in this situation. So what I would do is I would sit there and watch cutups of all touchdown passes, big runs, big plays, 40 yard pass, you know, cut-ups and that always helped me fall asleep easier like oh well they they threw a, a go ball on Sherman right here and so-and-so ran a dig versus cover two and that was a 40-yard gain and so-and-so in the red zone ran four verts and hit it twice versus them in the red zone and man look at this check down this check down you know on third and 20 went for 28 they were just checking it down and dumping it to the back but they were so soft in coverage don't forget that remember that on third and long situation so it was kind of like a um, a confidence booster, a confidence builder. As I'm falling asleep at night watching the defense, I'm getting ready to play, get gashed from weeks, you know, the previous weeks. Help me sleep better, help me feel better about our game plan. Um, whatever that was, it did for me. I, I really enjoyed doing that as, as I was falling asleep on Saturday nights. That positive reinforcement, right? It'd be like Tiger Woods before he hits a drive, thinking about hitting a great shot. I mean, ideally, you want to watch it, but. You know that that yeah. the, the power of the mind, even if it's not you, r really is a powerful thing, is it not? No, I mean Tiger envisioning. You, you see Jason Day do it all the time. He closes his eyes and he envisions the shape of the shot. You know, it's a big yeah. dog leg left. He hits a big high draw. It's a twenty foot double breaking putt. You know, those guys envision the ball going in before they step up and hit it. It's the same thing I was doing. I was envisioning myself throwing that ball to Julio Jones for a 60 yard touchdown or dumping it, you know, to, to the running back, uh, for, you know, an eight yard gain on third and four, you know, all those things you're watching on film, you're kind of, Oh, that looks like the play we're running, you know, when we get in the red zone or that looks similar to so-and-so play. And that looks like what we have planned planned on third down. You know, th there's all those, uh, just confidence boosters that, that are so important, whether you're Tom Brady or, Josh Allen in Buffalo, you know, whether you've got 20 years experience or year two, it's so good. I, I always felt it's so good to see somebody else beating them and see somebody else that, 
you're watching another offense on film going, man, I'm better than that quarterback, and we're better than them at receiver and tight end. So we can do that, and we can do that, and we can do that. And it's just, you're right, it's just seeing somebody else do it, you're almost envisioning yourself doing it. Is that something you always did, or did you learn how to, did someone show you that in, in Arizona, or is that just something you came up with on no. your own? No, I actually, when I got to Oakland, we were really bad. I mean, I was kind of there in a, we were just bad. We didn't, we <laughs> traded away all of our good players, cut all the guys that were making any money. We're playing, you know, we had tons of injuries. We're playing with guys that we signed on Wednesdays and we're expecting them to start on Sundays. And it was just one of those teams that very few guys um, have opportunity to experience that I did where you just know getting off the bus they're better than us. They're, they're, they have better players at most positions. And in order for us to win this game, we have to play absolutely perfectly and play our best game of the year. And they have to play abysmal and they have to play their worst game of the year. And that was the kind of that, you know, that's just where we were as an organization at the time. Um, and so I started doing it in Oakland. Cause I remember going into games and, you know, we were at a point where, you know, our number one receiver was Darius Hayward Bay. Um, and this is before he and, could catch. Well, he he actually had a good year. He had 1,000 yards that year. So, <laughs> um, But, you know, we, we were – Darren McFadden was our best player, and, and he was out for the year with Liz Frank. And you just – you know, we were just a young team that just didn't have players. And, you know, I was – I had just been traded there. I'd been there for a couple of weeks, and I was just looking for some confidence and guys around me and and some confidence to go into games with and and that's something i did on saturday nights is i would watch the big play cut-ups that's what i i had our film guy hey give me 60 big play cut-ups i want to see 60 plays from this year last year however many years it takes depending on how good that defense was i want to see big gains 20 plus 30 plus yard gains and that's something i did in oakland that helped me fall asleep uh, a little bit, a little bit more sound before we woke up and play on Sunday. So, so is it safe to say? And I talk about it all the time. Sometimes when you go through failures or just tough times, you learn a lot more about yourself that benefits you when you go through the good times. So that experience in Oakland, those couple years, led to you know what the best you know three or four years, definitely a team success of your career in Arizona. Do you think that catapulted you just to kind of change your mindset and help you maybe grow mentally more than even physically? Definitely. I mean, I think, um, you know, it was such an odd, my, my year and a half in Oakland was so odd in every way from, you know, two different coaches in a year and a half, you know, firing coaches, Al Davis had just died. The organization was in complete turmoil. Um, and then I got to Oakland or I, I got to Arizona and man, new coach, new GM, but just solid, just solid people. You know, everybody was solid. The owner's solid, wants to win. Not not worried about the move and the lease of the stadium and, and all these different yeah. things that, that, that Mark Davis has been worrying about for five years now, ten years now. Um, you know, just a solid organization. Just this, this is the way they're going to do it. They're going to build it this way. They're going to stay true to it. Um, and we built something special. I mean, we, we got better every year. We won 10 games, then 11 games, then 13 games. You know, we, we continued to improve and make strides. And so it, it was just so comforting. Coming from Cincinnati, who is a whole other kind of mess and disaster, um, 
so coming from that and then going to Oakland and then all of a sudden I got to Arizona. I was like, man, this is the NFL. This is how it's, this is how you're supposed to do it. This is, this is right. And it was just so comforting and so much less stress and pressure. Just there's so much pressure on quarterbacks as it is when you have to worry about some idiot making a decision on a roster move or hiring coaches or some of the, some of the stuff you have to worry about when, when in all of sports, when, when you're a, you know, a, one of the stars of the team and there's so much pressure on you to make sure that you win that game, whether it's a basketball player, a, a football player, a quarterback, when you have that added pressure and stress of not trusting the organization and knowing that they don't know what they're doing, that's just an added amount of stress you don't need as a young player. Um, and, and going through that and, and seeing that and then getting to Arizona and, going through what I went through in Cincinnati and what I went through in Oakland and then winning and appreciating the wins and then winning a bunch and winning a bunch of games in a row and winning your division and going to play. And, you know, all those things that, that came um, with winning, it really let me really enjoy each win. I mean, I, my, my five years in Arizona were so much fun because we were winning and I knew how to enjoy it because I knew the other side of it. I knew what it was like to be bad and, and, and be on a, bad bad team and know that like i said you had to play absolutely perfect in order to win and they had to play their worst game of the year in order for you to win um to getting to arizona and getting to a good organization where you don't have to play the game of your life every week you know you you can you don't have to throw for 450 yards in order to win you can take check downs you can you know what i mean you you had some room for error um and and having that feeling and getting to experience that really helped me relish those good times and those wins because I've been through some of the really bad stuff. You had to feel like Andy Dufresne in, in Shawshank when he gets out of the pipe, you know, when you, about midseason that first year with the Arians. You're like, oh, my God, this is what, this is what Brady and Breeze and all these guys feel like. This is what, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, this is, this is what the NFL is. This is, this is, you know, unfortunately it took me too long to get, to get there. Um, but it was, uh, it was refreshing, no doubt. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. 
So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Well, you were a little ahead of your time. You know, it was before Twitter. I mean, the internet was around, but it was, I'm sure for you personally, in the vacuum of Cincinnati, you felt it. But you're a sports fan. You see the NBA and just Jalen Ramsey, guys demanding trades left and right. Back then, it was definitely more polarizing, and I would imagine a little more venomous on the player. Do you remember, was there a specific tipping point? Because I was reading some stuff yesterday, and I couldn't find. It was just an accumulation of things being in Cincinnati, but a moment where you just said, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I-, I got to go, and I read some quotes of, this isn't about the money. I, I got enough money. It's, I-, I can't play football here anymore. I-, I refuse to do it. But was there a moment? Was-, was there a specific incident? Or was it just, like I said, a c- accumulation of things? Yeah, it was numerous moments. Um, I mean, from the jump, 
you know, I, I, I got done with my college football season. I started talking to trying to hire an agent and figure out what was next. And everybody, not every single person, NFL people, agents, um, you know, ex quarterbacks I had talked to, uh, that were since retired and moved on. Everybody said, you can't go to Cincinnati. You can't go to Cincinnati. It's a quarterback graveyard. And then I started interviewing agents and every agent's like, you're not going to go to Cincinnati. We're going to do this. We're going to get you to, we're going to get you to, to Chicago was where these guys, every agent wanted that I was interviewing was like, you're going to get to Chicago. So I think they had the fourth pick. Yeah. And I, I at the time was arrogant, young, dumb, 20 year old kid. And I was like, I'll, I'm going to go there and make a difference. I'm going to go there and change it. I don't care what all these people are saying. All these, you know, I'm listening to hall of famers and, and great, you know, coaches and ex GMs. And, you know, I, t- I kind of throw everything agents say out the window cause they're agents. But, um, you know, I just, I was naive and I didn't want to believe it and want to hear it. And I thought, I, you know, well, they haven't had me, I'll, I'll go there and change it. And then I got there and, and, um, we got, we were good my second year. So you refuse, you refuse. I would imagine some people wanted you to go like an Eli Manning type, say refuse to sign. Yeah. You were not going to do that. Yeah. Well, that that hadn't been done. And like I said, I I thought I was the difference maker. I I thought the organization doesn't matter. What, what the players in the field are what matters. Yeah. And I was a hundred percent wrong. All that matters is the organization. Because great organizations get the right players, so so I was wrong on that, and it was just a, it was an accumul it was an accumulation of so many things. I mean, we were we won our division, we got good one year, we were close to to getting good, and we needed some key pieces. And I had gone to the organization like we we need to add this and this and that. You know, we need a couple players here and a couple players there, and then of course the off season comes and nothing happens and nothing changes. And then, you know, it was just, it was year after year, you know, the, in, in order to, in order to win in the NFL, and it feels this way to me in all sports, but the only thing I can speak of is the NFL. You've got to be desperate to win a championship. You've got to be all in you, you know, the, the financials and the money side of it are very important, obviously to owners and, and to everybody that's invested in an organization. But if the most important thing is, is the financials and the second most important thing is winning, then you don't have a chance. And, and it's so important that ownership is willing to do what it takes to win. If they're just kind of sitting around and hoping somebody falls to us with the 18th pick that we really need, or now this guy's a million dollars too expensive in free agency. We're just going to draft somebody and pay him, you know, one twentieth of that. If you just kind of sit there and hope that things fall your way, you're you got to get really, really lucky to win a championship. But if you're desperate and you're willing to do what it takes, and you'll spend to go get this player, or you'll trade this player because you know he's a locker room cancer and he's really bad, but he's cheap, and, and you keep him because he's cheap, that's going to affect your team. But if you know he's cheap, he's really, really explosive and and can do a lot of great things but he's terrible in the locker room you got to get rid of him you got to move on you you've got to be consistently trying to build a championship team if you're just kind of sitting there and hoping somebody falls in your lap 
it's hard to do it that way. You got to have the ball bounce your way a number of times in the playoffs and you got to get lucky here and get lucky there. And it's, I mean, you look at new England and there's not a lot of luck. Oh. A lot of that is, is built specifically. You look at what, what Pittsburgh's done for the last 20 years. There's not a lot of luck involved in that. That's consistently, you look at what Seattle's done. There's not a lot of luck. I mean, you look at what Seattle's done. It's amazing. I mean, you, Pete Carroll has turned over that roster four different times since he's been there and continuously goes. But I mean, you look at the transition from Sean Alexander and Matthew Hasselbeck into beast mode and Russell Wilson, and then the Legion of boom. And then nobody's left from the Legion of boom. And now they're, you know, it's, it's amazing, but that's not luck. That's not hoping that somebody falls to you in the draft. That's being manipulative of the draft and moving players and, and churning up rosters and building the right, the right chemistry in the locker room. And, and there's so much that goes into it. It's just not a lucky thing. And in order to be successful in the NFL, the organization is of mu- utmost importance. Well, quarterback super quarterback and, 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 and ownership are about as important as each other are. I mean, that, everything else down from there can, you know, works out in the way it works out if you're building the team, right. But, as important as that quarterback is, Patrick Mahomes is so important to that team, and Tom Brady is so important to that team. But, man, ownership's got to be really, really good and know what they're doing. One thing you did in Cincinnati, and it's just a, it's a dead practice now, it really is, beside Mahomes, and really that was unique because Alex was there and they were winning. But the, the red shirt, and, you know, really I'd say the handful of guys the last 10-plus years, if you're drafted, definitely where you were drafted, but even late in the first round or even second-round picks now. Like Derek Carr started immediately. You know, a lot of guys now in the second round become starters really fast. Did the red shirt – did you need that? And do you think it's easier maybe now not to redshirt just because the offenses are so much more conducive to what guys are running in college? Well, I think a number of things have shaped the transition of, of college quarterbacks into starters in week one and week whatever Baker was, week six or seven, whatever yeah. it was. A lot of guys start, yeah, like but six, I, seven, Lamar, some of those guys midseason. Yeah. Jared Goff. Yeah, I, I think that – right, right. I, I think that it has, is more of a reflection of the, the current CBA agreement uh, and the structure of rookie contracts. I mean, when I came out, I signed a six-year contract, and that was the norm. Now it's four with an option year and five. So, you know, when I was coming out, you had six years to figure out, are we going to pay this guy a hundred million bucks in the second contract? Now with a four year deal, you, you have, you know, you know, two years less time to figure out, is this our guy? And can we shape him into what we want him to be in year four to pay him in year five? That's a good point. Where back then it was we could shape him in six in year five and six and then decide after year six are we going to pay him. So I think that's more of a reflection of just the length of current rookie contracts, especially for a second-round pick. I mean, you look at Russell Wilson, um, you know, you don't have much time with a second-round pick. No. And now with a first-round pick, you only really have three years to figure out, are we going to pay him in year four or five? So I think it's more a reflection of just the duration of the contracts that, that players are forced to sign now as opposed to when I was coming out and it was really a six-year a six deal with a seventh year that you could franchise a quarterback in. So it's really been cut in half almost. It feels, it feels that way because 
a lot of quarterbacks don't start week one like Sam Darnold did. They come in like Lamar Jackson did, like um, Jared Goff and, and uh, a handful of these other guys where you only have the, the second half of the first year to start evaluating, and you really can't evaluate your quarterback after eight games. You really need a full year to see him play 16 and factor in the previous eight games he played from his rookie year but right there, if, if you wait till he's played 16 games in year two and half of year one, you're halfway through his rookie contract. So you've got to be ready to make a decision on what you're going to do for the future. And nothing matters more structurally to the organization contract-wise than the quarterback's contract because if you're going to pay him, he's going to take up 25% of your salary cap or 18% of your salary cap. So you really have to start figuring that out and do what it looks like Kansas City's done with Patrick Mahomes is – they've really started structuring their roster contractually around the future contract that they're going to pay him because um, it's going to be such a substantial pie and a piece of that pie when, when you talk about the entire team's salary cap. So um, it, it's, just, it, it's just changed. The game has changed in such a short amount of time from when I came out and I signed a six-year deal and, and now these guys are signing four. Um, but my situation, back to your original question, my, my situation was different. John Kittner, who's, who's the quarterback coach in Dallas, yeah. is doing an awesome job with Dak Prescott and is an unbelievable coach and human being. But um, what he did, uh, you know, when I got there, it was the perfect scenario because John could play. He, he, almost, he almost took us to the playoffs a couple games away. We, we ended up going 500 that year, and I, I had a chance to absorb all of it him in meetings, him talking to the team, him taking care of his body, him working out, watching him practice, watching him watch film. So I had a phenomenal coach that was doing it on the field in front of me with the ones in practice and then on game day as a starter. So, um, you know, it, it was a unique situation. And um, like everybody, like every quarterback situation, like Patrick Mahomes' situation was unique because they had Alex Holmes. Yeah, We had John Kitna. We went eight and eight, which was huge in Cincinnati. Eight and eight's like winning the Super Bowl for the organization in Cincinnati. So, um, you know, that was um, that was an important part of my career because I got a chance to see that is what an NFL quarterback does. That is what an NFL leading a leader in a locker room does, and that really shaped my career. The opportunity to sit behind such a great guy like John Kitna. Okay, a couple more before I get you out of here. I wanted to I wanted to ask this. Uh, the thing that I wrote down the four you know teams that you probably consistently played the most that were great on defense: the Harbaugh Niners, Pete Carroll Seattle Seahawks, Ray Lewis Ned Reed squads, and then a lot of those Steeler defenses. And I just wanted to, on each one the thing that probably kept you up at night. And we'll start with the AFC North: Ray Lewis Ed Reed Baltimore Ravens. What was hard for Carson Palmer against those guys? Yeah, it's funny now that you're saying that. I'm sitting here thinking about when I was in the AFC North for a decade, that was like, that was number one and number two in defense. It was number one and number two in total defense every year Those between two. Baltimore and, and yeah. Cincinnati. And then when I get, you know, a decade later, I get to the NFC West and the Harbaugh defense and, and the Pete Carroll defense were one and two. So I, I, I have, um, I got a chance to play against the absolute best and watch and study the absolute best, you know, over a, a decade and a half career. 
totally different defenses. I mean, you compare Pete, what Pete Carroll did to what that Steeler defense did in their heyday, which, by the way, only winning Super two Super Bowls was a tragedy. That defense was so good on every level. And, and the fact that they didn't win more Super Bowls is a tragedy because that defense was that good. Were they the best Probably defense the best. you played, you think? Man, they had everything. They could rush. They had James Harrison. They had Joey Porter in his prime. They had Casey Hampton in the middle who just absolutely plugged up any run game up front. Brett Kiesel and Aaron Smith are probably two of the better defensive linemen that nobody really knows about, and it's, that's a tragedy in itself. I mean, Aaron Smith was such a good three technique, one of the, probably the best three technique other than Justin Smith in, uh, in San Francisco. Um, unbelievable. I mean, Larry Foote, James Ferrier, you had Troy Palomalo, you had Ryan Clark, you had Chris Hope. You had Ike Hilliard. Um, I'm, I know I'm going to forget. I mean, that defense was an all-star defense. And then you played them twice, and then you had to play against Ray Lewis and Bart Scott and Chris McAllister and Ed Reed, and you can go on and on. Pelote, I mean, those, Suggs. Those two I mean, they... Oh, Suggs. I mean, what a problem he was. Um, yeah, I mean – Ellerby, I mean, you can go on and on. There were so many great players on both of those defenses. Um, and then, you know, you go, you go look at that, that Justin Smith, Alden Smith. I mean, that linebacker core they had with Patrick Willis and, um, oh, man, what's his Navar- name? Navarro, his Bowman. Navarro Bowman. Navarro Ahmad Bowman. Bro- Ahmad I mean, Brooks, and then they drafted Alden. Ahmad Brooker, I mean, that, that defense was so good. But then that Seattle defense, I mean, you had Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, um, you know, K.J. Wright, uh, Bobby Wagner, Earl Thomas. You had Cam Chancellor, who was a, a problem. You had Richard Sherman. I mean, th- th- those were th- – those four defenses were so different. I mean, you compare – they were so alike in the fact that they had great players everywhere. They didn't have a really good linebacker core, but couldn't rush the passer or a weak secondary, but they were great up front. They were great in the middle and they were great on the back end, but so different where in Pittsburgh, all kinds of pressures and zone blitzes and very little man. And then you compare them to Pete Carroll's defense where it's all man and a little bit of single high zone, but no cover to very little pressure they let their athletes cover and their pass rushers get after the pass, the passer. And that's, and that kind of goes back to my point. If you build your defense or your team around the defensive line and the offensive line, and you build it around the defensive line, like, like the San Francisco 49ers have right now, you don't have to bring pressure. You can let your athletes cover. You can, you can put players in the field and blanket the field with defensive players and long, long arm guys that can get to different zones and get to different holes and rush the passer with four guys and get pressure on the passer with only four guys, not having to bring five and six guys like Pete Carroll's been doing, you know, for a long time. Um, that's a problem on offenses. It's a real problem on offenses when they're only bringing four, but they have seven back there in coverage. There's not really a hole or a void in the defense. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's so it's so different those two style of defenses the Pittsburgh zone blitz to I'm going to cover you one on one in Seattle those two styles of defenses are so different but yet so alike um, they were really really good because they had really really good players and 
They didn't have to cover up any weaknesses or have any holes or any issues because they had good players everywhere. What defense were the best shit talkers? The the Ravens or this or Seattle? Uh, Maybe Steelers probably yapped you know, a little too. Seattle didn't talk much. We 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 used to go up to Seattle and and beat them. Um, so they kind of kept quiet. Um, Pittsburgh. I mean, Joey Porter is the Hall of Fame talker, trash talker. So, I mean, he he did enough. Well, you had you had Joey Porter on one side, who was a problem in his own right, and he never shut up. And then on the other side, you had James Harrison, who was a real problem in his own right, but never said a word. And then you had Larry Foot running his mouth, and James Ferrier that didn't really say much. Or Troy Polamalu didn't really say anything to anybody, whether it was our team or his team. So you had, you know, a lot of different, um, you know, personalities and egos and all that. But Joey kind of carried the weight for the entire team, I think, and, and trash talking. And he was he was really good. Is it is it true that Matt Castle and Troy Polamalu were your college roommates? Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, Castle and I shared what was a dining room. We, we put our stipends together. We barely paid rent. We, we lived in a rat infested house with Troy, Kerry Colbert, um, Lenny Vandermeer, Norm Katnick. Uh, who else played in the league in there? Um, a handful of other guys, Matt Nichols, who, who, who never played in the league, Charlie Landrigan, who played for a little bit. But yeah, we had we had an awesome house. Not an awesome house, and uh, aesthetically, it was a dump. But man, LA rent was so expensive, and we got the same stipend as you know colleges in the middle of nowhere where yeah. rent was nothing. So we had to we had to bunk up, and we lived in. When I say rat infest, I mean we set rat traps every night, um, and it was an absolute dump. But I wouldn't change a thing about it. We had we had a blast in that house. Okay, as I get you out of here, I just wrote down about ten names. I'm just gonna go rapid fire. The first thing that just comes to your mind, Brady. Best ever. Peyton. Man, the second best ever. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Velocity. Breeze. Pinpoint accuracy. Bruce Arians. Man, there's a lot. That you, I can only use a couple words, huh? You can swear to. Uh, you can say whatever you want. Man, B.A. was just the best. Mahomes. Man, dangerous. Larry Fitzgerald. The best ever. Belichick. (laughs) The best ever and does not get enough recognition. Even though he gets a lot of recognition, still does not get enough recognition. So really quick on him. I mean, is it fair to say he's on a different level? Yeah, you know, what's amazing about him, when you look at the coaching the coaching world in general, everybody's got somebody from their past. Everybody's got somebody that scratched their back along the way or gave them their first job or, you know, was a coach at a college that gave their kid a scholarship or coached with them somewhere else and has a familiarity with them and their wives are good friends. Or, But when you look at Belichick, I, I – there's so many coaching staffs, but when the coaching thing comes together at the end of a season and so-and-so gets fired and so-and-so is coming in, you have to go into an interview with an owner and a GM and say, I'm going to hire this, this guy, this guy, this guy, this is my offense coordinator. This is my special teams coordinator. This is who I'm bringing. 
and it forces coaches to make poor decisions. It, it forces coaches to get comfortable and hire somebody they're comfortable with. And one of the, the blessings that Belichick's had is he hasn't been fired. So he hasn't had to go into Bob Kraft's office and go, okay, I know you're, I know you're interviewing six guys in the next week and a half. Here's who my coaches are. What Belichick does is when he loses Matt Patricia to, uh, um, let's say when he loses Matt Patricia to the, to the Detroit, he interviewed, he doesn't interview buddies or people he coached with elsewhere. He, he interviews a ton of people and I've talked to different guys that have gone in for that interview and he doesn't care about, will your wife get along with my wife and you know, all the silly little things that come up and he interviews the mind of the coach. And can this guy teach? Can this guy teach what we want to teach here? Can he deliver the message? Is he, is he really smart? Does he get it? Does he know what he's doing? Like there's so many, he has great coaches on his staff and he can, if he can fill the shoes of a blind Brian Flores or promote somebody within, he will, but he's always interviewing and always looking for great coaches, not just somebody that's comfortable or somebody he's worked with back in the day or somebody that scratched his back, but now he's going to scratch theirs. There's so much of that. And there's so much in return. There's so much bad coaching in the NFL. And if it's the best of the best players and the creme de la creme players, it needs to be that way in coaching. And too often coaches are hiring buddies or coaches are hiring somebody that's comfortable or coaches are hiring somebody that, man, if things go sour, this guy won't be promoted within to take my job. And so I'm comfortable with him being a coordinator because I know he won't, he won't interview well with the owner if I screw up and I'm, I'm not doing well. And you know what I mean? Like, there's so much of that going on where Belichick just hires bright minds that know the game and know how to teach, not coach. They know how to teach and deliver messages and get players to do exactly what they're being taught organizationally, how to, you know, how to, how to fill in the shoes of Stephen Gilmore when it's time to cut him because his contract's too hired and he's, his contract's too big and he's 32 years old who's a chief guy that they can mold and build into playing this style of football and teach, not coach, but teach how to play this style of football. And so he's got great coaches. And I know he gets a lot of slack for, you know, Romeo Cornell's not working out and Mangini's not working out and some of the guys that haven't worked out, but they haven't worked out because they weren't great head coaches, but they were great coordinators or they were great teachers. And, He's done a great job of only hiring who cares outside of football, who cares what they bring to the table. He wants guys that bring a certain amount of knowledge and the ability to teach. And he's hired great coaches and that's why his teams are so good. I mean, you, that defense is really, really good because there's a bunch of really good defensive coaches on it and there's good players, but there's no, you know, perennial all pro highest paid in the league guys. They have a bunch of really good players that are coached and taught really, really well. And that's, you know, one of the secrets, not enough to secret, but that's one of the, uh, the pieces to his success. Well, I've been asked this question. And I'll, I'll end it on this. Cause I think you'd be a good guy to ask. I, I got a couple people tweet at me. If Belichick next year, let's hypothetically say Josh leaves, could he take over as the offensive coordinator and would they skip a beat? Uh, no. I mean, just because you're a great 
teacher and coach doesn't mean you can do it all. Um, so you you think it would be hard for him? I, I definitely think it would be hard for him. Um, I mean, it's so different. Offense, you look at a defensive call sheet on a, on a defensive coordinator's desk, and you've got to be ready for a number of situations, but you've probably got uh, six to 10 coverages ready to go in that game plan, six to 10 stunts and twists up front for your defensive line uh, and games to play within the defensive line. And, you know, maybe about the same from a, a linebacker situation. So you have the three levels of the defense, the back end, the middle and the front four. So you've only got a handful of combinations. Offense is so different. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you've got, I'll bet Josh McDaniels goes into a game plan with 150 to 220 plays, the potential to call 150 to 220 plays. So not that it's too much for him or he can't, he doesn't know it, but um, it's like asking a plumber to be your electrician to some standpoint. I mean, a plumber, a plumber specializes in plumbing and all that comes with plumbing and probably knows some electrician, you know, electrician stuff because he's dealt with electricians on a remodel or a build or whatever it is. Um, but that's not, and, and that's the brilliant, you know, and, and, and what makes Belichick so good probably is he wouldn't do that to himself for the detriment of the team. He probably could, he could get away with it, but he knows that, that team and that organization is better off served with him as the head coach helping out on defense, but hiring somebody that's great and brilliant on offense, like a Josh McDaniels and throwing his two cents in on certain things and, and helping out on certain things, but to, to take over offensive play calling completely, um, that would be something that a lot of head coaches have done in the past just because their egos get out of control. But the yeah. one thing Belichick's done is he's kept his ego in control. And he's kept the egos of his players in control. So that would be so unorthodox for him to try to do um, that I don't think he would even fathom trying it. Okay, one, one more quick one. You have a favorite offensive coordinator in the league, a guy that you didn't play for, just someone that you watch or that you've yeah. known through you know, acquaintances or former players or former coaches that you just really like. That you're, and he, he might even yeah. be a head coach because a lot of them obviously now are head coaches, play callers. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, what I, I since from his days with Matt Schaub and and uh, and just the group they had um, in in Houston um, to what he did when he went to Cleveland for a minute, and then now what he's doing in, in San Francisco. You know, he just the the run game is so good, the play action is so good, the bootlegs are so good. There's so many. It's really hard to find when you're watching an NFL game, easy completions. Yeah. And when you watch the San Francisco 49ers play, there's a lot of easy completions and screens are easy completions. Um, but there's also digs that you can throw and over routes that where the ball's traveling 25 yards in the air that are easy completions because guys are that open and, and just tune into one, you know, you, you can watch games all Sunday long and wait for the Monday night game where, where San Francisco's playing and you can watch all day long and see very, watch every game and see very few easy completions, uh, a handful of easy completions, but you see three or four every week, every game when the 49ers play. So 
being a quarterback, I know how hard it is to throw difficult, very, very accurate passes. It's hard to throw them into tight coverage. It's hard to fit balls in certain spots. When you get those opportunities, like, oh, that guy's wide-ass open. And, oh, there's nobody around that. When you have those opportunities, it's really nice in the middle of a game. But it also, it's almost like a placebo effect. Like, man, everybody's open now. Man, that guy, that guy had tons of separation and it, it almost kind of like affects you as the game goes on. When you get those opportunities, your confidence goes up, man, this coach is on fire right now. Everything's open. I, I, I Bruce, Bruce is the same way. We were playing a game in Cleveland and I told him after the game, it's the first time in my career where we're hanging out and, and we grabbed a beer in the locker room after the game as we're waiting to get on the bus. We were in Cleveland. So we're getting, waiting to get on the bus to, to head to the airport to fly back to Arizona and we're hanging out in the locker room talking. I was just like, man, everything you called was the perfect coverage. Cause you have all these plays like this, this play is good versus these six coverage. But if we get this one coverage, this is a touchdown. And then, you know, and as the plays unfold, as you're going through a game plan, you have to know what to do. If you get the worst coverage, if you get this coverage versus this play, you have to either throw it out of bounds. Don't take a sack or throw it at somebody's feet because nobody's going to be open. But if you get this coverage, it's a touchdown. We're in the locker room after the game. I was just like, man, every time you called a shot, we got the perfect coverage. Every time there was a big quarters beater post in, you know, in that play call, they were playing quarters. And every time we want to take a shot versus Joe Hayden, who was playing with a bad hamstring at corner, they happened to be in press cover one, and we threw an easy touchdown pass. So there are some guys that are like that. Bruce is definitely like that. And I think Kyle Shanahan's like that, where you, you watch that offense, you go, man, I want to play in that system. Well, it's funny. On Monday Night Football against the Browns, Joe Staley told a story after the game because he had a broken leg and he's standing next to Kyle. And he calls the play. And as they're walking to the line of scrimmage, Kyle, they already kind of show their coverage. Kyle looks at Joe, says, touchdown, walks away. Five seconds later, Jimmy throws a layup touchdown to George Kittle. And Joe's like, I yeah. mean, I'm speechless. I mean, what are you going to say? You know, I mean, the guy's like Steph Curry calling a shot, putting his arms up before the ball even hits the net. You know, he's just that good. Well, it's, it's just like Michael Jordan talking about being in the zone. I mean, that, that, that one game, I've never felt like that before, but the play caller, Bruce, was in the zone. Yeah. I mean, that, that game against Cleveland, he was in the zone. Every time he called a shot, we got exactly what we had talked about getting during the week if they play this coverage we got them if they play this coverage touchdown every time he called one of those shots which bruce likes to call two or three a quarter so you end up with you know a handful of shots and every time you get you get those shots off the play sheet they happen to be playing the coverage they're designed for i, I really felt like i told him that and I, I felt like like ba man you were in the zone today but it happens to coaches and it happens to players there's no doubt well, Carson, I can't thank you enough for coming on. As just a fan of football, I think I speak for most people. I've always admired and appreciated your game. Uh, and now I wish you nothing but the best in retirement and dad life and living in Idaho in the cold. Stay warm, my man. I will. I will. It was one degrees when I got up to drive my kids to school today, and it's not going to warm up much. But, but uh, John, I appreciate it, man. It's good, good uh, meeting you the other day and good catching up, and I and, uh, appreciate you having me on. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. 
And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home. And then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller 
to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Well, that didn't suck. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I could do a thousand more interviews in my career and that's it's about as cool as you're going to get. It really hit me last night after I talked to him and I was thinking about it. You know, we, we bashed ESPN and the Monday night broadcast many times on this, on this podcast. And it, it's not, I don't do personal shots. If I, if I'm critical of something, it's because I believe it. This, as I say, anyone, and I get texts sometimes when people are like, you're being mean to me. Or you're being mean. Like, no, it's, this isn't personal as you know, it's just, it's just business. This is business we chose. And uh, I get criticized too. Well, welcome to life. But that would be a guy I'd hire. Like if I was a TV executive, and I don't know if he'd do it. Like he's got a ton of money. He's living a good family life in Idaho. Uh, I think he's a pretty low-key guy. But you can tell he's got some Romo to him. Guy's guy. Gets along with everyone. Knows his shit. And people just like him. Uh, I, I think he would be, you know, for all the... Think of all the old former players on TV. Like whenever I turn on CBS and Dan Fouts, it's like, what are we doing? You know, this might have been cool for my dad 10, 20 years ago, but let's, let's move on, you know. some And I'm not like some ageist, but you can't hold on to these former players that were good in the 70s forever. You know, it's like Hubie Brown, whenever I turn on he's 85. Like, I, I get it, he coached basketball, but can we get some new blood in here? For the love of God. And, again, Carson's made so much money, I don't know. But he would be a guy that I would immediately call if I was a television executive. Let's get to the weekend games. Texans at Jaguars in Europe. Europe, England, UK, wherever. Never been to, never been there. I've been to Spain and Italy, but I've never been to England. Uh, Texans at Jaguars, plus two. Listen, the Texans got a big win on Sunday, but it was a lot of Deshaun Watson carrying their ass. Uh, J.J. Watts out for the season now. Torn labrum. Lonnie Johnson, their starting corner, I think he's scheduled to be out this game. The, the Texans are a two-man squad right now. Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and then just whatever else Deshaun Watson can do. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who had been struggling a little bit, you know, when you play the Jets, you get your mojo back a little bit, and you got Gardner Minshew played well. Leonard Fournette's one of the leading rushers in the league. DJ Chark's been good. Their defense, J- Josh Allen is balling. Uh, I kind of like Jacksonville in this game to go to five and four. Think about that. They, they're 500 right now with a six round quarterback. If they can get to five and four after this game, they'd be in pretty good shape. Washington at Buffalo, the Redskins. I got a text today from someone in the NFL that was like, "Wait till some, wait till the real story comes out on this Redskins Williams. It's just a debacle, and the Redskins are an embarrassment. Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder, like the Capitals, and the now the Nationals." You, you, you couldn't be any more relevant. The only thing you're relevant for in Washington, D.C. is for bad things. Uh, I feel bad to all the season ticket holders, to all the diehard fans. It sucks. The Bills, pretty boring good team, but their defense, to me, this has like 17 nothing written all over it. I, is Dwayne Haskins starting this week? I would imagine he is. Like, I, I, Who even has opinions on the Washington Redskins? Even if you were a diehard fan, how could you even read about like, well, this is what they're getting ready to game plan this week. It's like, how could you even care? Tennessee at Carolina, uh, you know, Carolina just got shellacked. I, I think they're a much better team than they showed on Sunday against the Niners. It might be more of a reflection how good the Niners are. Uh, Tennessee, they've been better with Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, they're, you know, just their front seven's not bad. 
Uh, I've always been a Vrabel guy, but I think Carolina minus three and a half wins this game. Kind of get their mojo back. Christian McCaffrey goes off. This game's interesting. Philly kind of got their, you know, got a big win last weekend at Buffalo. The Bears had one of the worst losses of the season at home against the Chargers. Bears getting five points on the road. Matt Nagy got his start in Philadelphia. Same with Doug Peterson for Coach Reed. Kind of a little, uh, you know, reuniting of the two guys that used to work for the Eagles. Uh, obviously, Doug still does. The Bears' defense played really good against the Chargers. It was Trubisky who had a second-half pick, not a second-half, a fourth-quarter pick and a fourth-quarter fumble that, you know, lost him the game. Then, obviously, they missed the kick. Philly, listen, Carson Wentz, when he's on, is as good as anyone. I don't know if Deshaun Watson, or not Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Jackson's going to play in this game or not. Fletcher Cox looked a little bit better last week, but you you trust their corners. I kind of like the Bears plus five. Now, do I like the Bears to win this game? They're a pretty big underdog for being a former playoff team. You know, at a team that's what was the Eagles right now four and four. Uh, this is whoever loses this game, just say goodbye bye to the playoffs. Jets at the Dolphins. At least the Dolphins admit, like we're tanking, we're trying to lose. The Jets have actively tried to win games. That they are beside probably the Redskins, the biggest joke in the league this year. The trade rumors that they can't keep in house. Sam Darnold, the mono situation, and then he's playing bad again. Their offensive lines atrocious. They're trading every player. Adam Gase, like, listen, Adam, I get Peyton Manning loved you. Well, I understand that. But Peyton Manning's not playing anymore. And your equity as this offensive mind, who I've supported over the years, is diminishing at a rapid rate. You can't hate everyone on your 53-man roster. Like, you eventually have to go, I kind of like this player. I can attempt to win with this player. Your negative attitude, like, try, try using some optimism in your life. Because it feels like you hate every single player on your team. And listen, I, I get you didn't pick the majority of them. Hell, all of them. But it's like, welcome to life. Eventually, you got to like someone. God, Adam, you're killing me. Colts at the Steelers. The Colts are one of those teams because they, they're somewhat of an overachieving group. When they play the Chiefs, when they play, you know, the, uh, the Texans, you're going to get 100% effort. They are going to be excellent. But when they played like the Raiders, and you see when they play the Broncos, they're not quite as laser-focused. Because for them to be good, they have to go all balls to the wall. Because they're not quite as talented as some of these teams, but they're well-coached and they're tough. And I think you saw last week and a couple weeks ago when they played the Raiders, if they're not super locked in, they can be beat. Well, this is the type game, Pittsburgh now has kind of got their mojo back, and they're still the Steelers. I think you're going to get the Colts' best effort. My question is, what Mason Rudolph do I get? Do I get the Mason Rudolph that when I flipped on the Monday Night Football game, he's just throwing pick after pick? Or when I watch him against the 49ers in the first half, you go, is this guy a practice squad player? Or is he the guy in the second half where you go, oh, that's a third round pick. That's a guy that could be a starter in the NFL. He did the same thing against the Niners, threw a touchdown pass. You're like, God, this guy can make some plays. And maybe it's just the nature of having a young quarterback. But the one thing you say about the the Steelers is they do have some weapons. Juju's a good player. The kid from Tulane that scored that sweet touchdown on Monday Night Football can fly. Uh, last I checked, I don't know James Conner's status for this game. But you can piecemeal running backs. To me, it's about Mason throwing the football. Uh, I kind of like the Steelers plus one and a five. One and five uh, plus one and a half. Uh, and if they win this game, they'd be four and four. And to have Roethlisberger being out with Tommy John surgery, or whatever the hell surgery he had him, his elbow shot, and to be 4-4 four and four would be an incredible accomplishment for the Steelers. And I would uh, tip my hat to them. Lions at the Raiders. This game's interesting. Because clearly the Raiders are a good offensive team. 
They can run the ball. Derek Carr's been playing really well. Waller's balling. Their defense stinks. They, they, they had a swing and a miss on the fourth overall pick. They passed on Josh Allen, who Schefter tweeted out yesterday. You compare him and Nick Bosa. They have both dominated. For Cleveland Farrell, who is who is probably the most untradeable player in the league. He makes like $6, 7000000 million a year and has one pressure on the season. He is not good. If they would have drafted Josh Allen, the Raiders might be a playoff team. But instead, they don't have Josh Allen, and they're not going to be. This is a tough matchup for them because they can't really cover. And Matt Stafford's having, statistically, through, I think, seven games, the best season of his career. He's got 16 touchdowns, only four picks. Their passing game is awesome. Now their running game, the kid from Auburn, Carrion Johnson's on injury reserve. I think Rap Sheet, I saw on Twitter, said that they tried to trade for Devontae Freeman, and it almost went through, and it fell through last minute. That would have been big. But I don't know if you necessarily need them to need him to beat the Raiders. I think that just Stafford has a field day. It kind of looks like Rodgers a couple weeks back in Lambeau. Now, the Raiders are playing at home for the first time in like seven months. Longest road trip in the history of uh, professional sports. But I, I just, I think it's a tight game. I'm not acting like the Raiders don't belong with the Lions. I, I just think, I like, the, I like the Lions plus two in this game. Tampa at Seattle. Uh, this is setting up for next week, Monday Night Football. Seattle's going to be 7-2. and two. I mean, you, you're going to trust Jameis Winston, who leads the league in interceptions, who is just a turnover machine, to go into Seattle and even compete. I, I, I just don't see it. you know. And uh, Seattle with Chris Carson, with the way Russell's playing, just that crowd, I, I think they kick their ass. I, I really do. Cleveland at Denver. Listen, I, I get Flacco's hurt his neck, and they're playing some random guy at quarterback because the Drew Locke is still hurt and he can't start. I think everyone's just chalking up Cleveland for a win at Denver, and I'm going to say pump the brakes. Again, I, I, this quarterback they're starting, I've never even heard of the guy. But to think that Cleveland, with everything that's going on, Baker flipping out, the, the, they're 2-5, and five, they're just in absolute shambles is just going to go to Denver. Now, I'm not saying Denver's good. They, they've earned their record. They're 2-6. and six. They've lost the majority of their games. I think all of their freaking games have come down to a one-score game. They are in every game. They are, a, they are a really good, bad team. And listen, Vic Fangio, first time you're head coach, say what you want about him. I will take Vic Fangio every day of the week and 500 times on Sunday over Freddie Kitchens. So I just like Denver plus three and a half. Now, I don't know necessarily if Denver wins outright, but I, I know Colin, you just listen. Oh, they're going to go in Denver and kick the shit out of them. I don't know. Denver's a weird place to play. It always has been, even when their teams haven't been good. And and who the hell is Cleveland to get some benefit of the doubt? It's like, oh, Baker's just going to figure this out. Baker's having a mental breakdown. You know, as as a good friend of mine, Lorenzo Neal, maybe a future Hall of Fame fullback, told me, pressure does two things. It creates diamonds and it bursts pipes. And right now it feels like it's bursting every single pipe in Berea, Ohio. So I, I, I'm telling you, I, I think this game in Denver is going to be a lot weirder than people think. Packers at the Chargers. Chargers fired Ken Wisenhunt. Like, it, Dean Spanos, what are you doing? Just sell your team. Get out of the NFL. You, you are a you are a just a black mark right now in the NFL. You, you're just... You're unbecoming of what the NFL stands for right now. You're cheap. You're just you're piggybacking off Cronky. Just leave. Leave us all alone. We'll just go sell your team, make your billions, do whatever the hell you want. I I know you hate the thought of even selling your team because of the tax bill. That that just makes your the, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. But just get out of here. 
We, we've had enough of you. you you're going to host the Packers this weekend at your little concert stadium. And it holds 30,000 people. I will be shocked if there aren't 29,000 Packer fans. It is going to, it might be 100% Packer. There might not be a Charger fan beside Chargers employees in this 30,000, you know, Home Depot Center. I think the Packers just kicked the shit out of them. Uh, Anthony Lynn's not a very good head coach. I, I've been saying it for two years. I had to back off a little bit because they got hot, but let's call it what it is. He doesn't call the defense, which was really good last year. That was Gus Bradley. And offensively, I mean, Phillip Rivers carries the team when they were good. So Anthony Lynn's going to get fired at the end of this year. I, I would imagine they go after Josh McDaniels. But are they really going to pay Josh McDaniels 8 or $9 million to be their head coach? That is not the way Dean Spanos operates because he loves looking at money in his savings account. But love the Packers this weekend. Pats at Baltimore. The more I've thought about this game, I'm pretty interested to watch. Because when's the last time the Packers, or excuse me, the Patriots, faced a real running quarterback that was really good? And you know, I mean, I'm critical of Lamar Jackson. don't love his ability to throw the football. But I was listening to my guy, uh, Lance Zerline, on with Daniel Jeremiah on his podcast the other day. And he had a good point. He said, the one thing you got to look at Lamar-like is look at him like a home run hitter that hits 240. Well, I can live with you hitting 240 if you hit 47 home runs. And the one thing you'll give Lamar is he makes big plays. So maybe, and listen, I am I am never, I'm not Skip Bayless. I, I'm not just going to hold on to a take forever. Like, I, I am more than open to be fluid. And it got me thinking, like, okay, my, my main issue with Lamar is eventually you're going to have to complete balls in big games, and they're going to play in big games because they're going to be a playoff team on third and eight in a playoff game. And when you run and you always die forward, you're going to get hurt. Like, that's not a sustainable way to play. So I'll never change that mindset. That, that That's that's a tried and true formula in the NFL. Third and eight, you, you can't run. you got to complete a pass in a, in a tie game against the New England Patriots in the playoffs. Now, in this game, we'll see. And I love the chess, the chess match. Bill Belichick, greatest defensive coordinator in the history of the league, up against Lamar Jackson, who just, you know, runs around. I'm fascinated to watch this thing. You know Belichick's going to have his defensive linemen, you know, playing very, very cautious. Like, they're not just sprinting up the field and letting him take off through lanes. That, that, ain't, that ain't happening. You know, they're hammering that right now as I speak in practice about staying flat-footed, about being on your toes, not firing up the field. You're not playing Phillip Rivers here or Eli Manning. You're playing a guy that's basically a running back. And can the Pats' offense get going a little bit this week? You know, they traded for Muhammad Sanu. Eventually, Nikhil Harry's going to be back. Uh, th- this is a fun Sunday night game. I-, I-, I would lean take the Ravens plus four, you know, because historically you always say, well, the Ravens are the one team that aren't scared of the, pa- uh, the Patriots. Well, I'd say, well... Ed Reed's not walking through that door. Ray Lewis isn't walking through that door. Flacco, who always played pretty well against the Patriots in big games, ain't walking through that door. I wouldn't still say that. They, they've there's a lot of new players here, but this is this is a fun game. I, I'm really excited. I, I'd probably lean the Ravens plus four, though I don't feel very good about it at all. Uh, no Middlecoff mailbag this week, just because the podcast was so long. Thanks everyone for listening and uh, share with your friends. Retweet it. Share on social media. Have a great weekend, enjoy the football, and uh, happy Halloween. Adios.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.